Hello everyone! The clip you're about to hear is from one of our exclusive Patreon episodes on a recent horror release, and just like all of our other episodes, it might include major spoilers for said horror release, so don't listen to it if you haven't already seen it. You've officially been warned. And if you'd like to hear the full episode, just head on over to patreon.com slash horrorqueers and subscribe today. Without further ado, here is your exclusive Patreon clip. And, you know, we had some problematic elements with a white actor portraying, well, it's a Native American character in the book. He's not Mm -hmm. explicitly Native American in the the film, but they give George C. Scott a long gray ponytail in that movie, which would imply that he is supposed to be Native American. (laughs) Yeah, and the character name is Rainbird, so you're just like, okay, I guess it could be just a regular last name, but that seems very obviously indigenous. Yes, and it's it's just kind of like they they fix that aspect in this movie, and they give that character other layers. But then they mm-hmm. what they do to him in the third act, or I guess what like happens and what his his character trajectory in the third act does not work for me at all in this movie. <laughs> no, I actually think that his relationship in the original film is also more interesting, and I think it works better as a result, even though. I was intrigued by the possibilities of like, what could a sequel to this new one look like because we have kept Rainbird alive in this version. But one of the challenges that I had with this new film is that because it is so much shorter and maybe missing things, we don't know. Mm-hmm. It feels like all of the characters have been stripped down to their most basic driving principles and no one has any kind of layers or... yeah. Like, everyone is single-mindedly driven by one thing, and often it's very obvious and not very... It's just not very interesting. But the relationship between David Keith and Drew Barrymore is much more... Um, like, it pops out of that first movie. That is one of the things yes. it has going for it. Whereas the relationship between Zac Efron and the girl in this movie, I don't feel any of that towards them. And I think that both actors... So Efron, I think, does fine with the very limited material he's given. Mm-hmm. I think the girl is actually pretty good, but... I don't ever really get a sense of their relationship. And I, I do wonder if part of that is because the mom is given more screen time. But at the same right. time, I like that the mom is given more screen time in this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I think all of the actors in this film are doing what they can with not very well written characters. Right. I'm perplexed by the decision to make Zac Efron's Andy the person who... I mean, he argues that he's protecting their daughter by basically shielding her to the point where she can't do anything in the real world because she will either expose them or get them all killed or she will kill someone else. And it feels like a bit of a a switch in the commentary to like the helicopter parenting that we would normally expect to see from a mom character. Whereas Sydney Lemons Victoria in this film is very much like, well, she's got to kind of learn how to do this stuff. We can't protect her forever. You are way too overbearing and yeah. overprotective <laughs> well it's funny right because we, we get the we have a line of the Emma glory rubens like you are a real life superhero so we have this, oh my like, god that line oh my god yeah there's she actually gets the worst dialogue in the film which sucks i love gloria rubin and i, I hate love that, gloria rubin <laughs> well and i i hate that like this this who is a well because again in the original film you know she's like the martin sheen character mm-hmm. so they give her more of a boss bitch role but unfortunately sure. it's still a nothing role oh god yeah but but by giving it this superhero thing and also yeah this the like, hide it hide it hide it we actually could give a queer reading to this movie more so than we could to the original film because it's that very much the x-men type thing right 
Right. Yeah. Which I'm kind of surprised that we don't go into more in either version. Like there's very much the idea that they want to militarize or weaponize uh, Charlie's abilities. And it's bizarre to me that the film, like both of these films, are more interested in just saying, well, let's just have them go on the run, we'll capture them, and then we'll just have long extended sequences where we'll test them to, well, more so in the first film, because of course, in this new version, Charlie just goes into the woods for about 10 minutes, learns to master her powers, and then she just kills everyone. <laughs> that, that, that is where we are missing scenes, right? Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> 